You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. One of the greatest inventions in the last 20 years has been the global positioning system, better known as GPS. Can I get a witness in the room tonight, right? Isn't it a beautiful thing that we can pull our phones out, pull our navigation app out, and write in the destination line any address anywhere in the world, and in seconds, we can have directions to that place. What, what, a, what a gift from the Lord GPS is and navigation is. So, so here's what I want to do tonight. In, in sort of a GPS mindset, a navigation mindset, as we begin our time together, I want to type in your mind the destination of where we are headed to, all right, so that it gives us a clear direction. You know where we're going tonight. You know where we are headed tonight. And then with three questions, I want us to follow this path that will get us to the destination. So picture with me, your GPS, we're pulling it out. This is where we are going to head tonight in our navigation. We're going here. The good news of Christmas becomes great joy for you when it becomes personal. Say this with me. The good news of Christmas becomes great joy for you when it becomes personal. So this is where we're headed. Everything tonight that I'm going to say is going back to this destination. It is leading us to this place. And we're going to get there by these three questions, this step-by-step journey to this destination. And the three questions are this. What is the good news of Christmas? Why does it bring great joy? And how do I make it personal? If we're going to get to our destination of the good news of Christmas becomes great joy for you when it becomes personal, we really have to answer these questions. We have to know what is the good news of Christmas? Why does it bring great joy? And how do we make it personal? So let's start with the first step in our journey. What is the good news of Christmas? The good news of Christmas or the Christmas story is the birth of Jesus, right? This is the Christmas story. It's not that Santa Claus is coming to town, right? That's not the Christmas story. It's not that grandma got ran over by a reindeer either, right? That's not the Christmas story. The Christmas story is Jesus' birth. Where do we find Jesus' birth? Well, one place in the Bible that we find Jesus' birth is in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, we find the Christmas story. Let me tell you a bit about Luke. 
Luke is one of the authors of Scripture. Luke actually wrote two books of the Bible. One is referred to by his name, Luke, and the other one is referred to as Acts. And it is the early church and how it began and the acts of the early church. So Luke was actually an eyewitness of Jesus' life. So a lot of the things that he writes in the biography of Jesus' life in the book of Luke is an eyewitness. He saw these things happen. But his birth, obviously, he wasn't there at Jesus' birth. But as he talked to Joseph and Mary, as he spent time with Jesus, he put together this birth story of Jesus, what we refer to as Christmas. Listen to the story of Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, we'll go to verse 11, uh, beginning in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, a.k.a. Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So if you're tracking along with the story of Jesus' birth here, the Christmas story, what you find is the government of that day required everybody to go to their hometown where they were born to be registered for taxation purposes. So Joseph... Jesus' earthly father takes Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, to Bethlehem. When they get to Bethlehem, Mary gives birth to Jesus. Now, what's interesting about Jesus' birth is that he doesn't, isn't born in a nice hospital or in a palace. Jesus is actually born in a stable. He's born where they would keep the livestock of the day. And when it says she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, it's not some pretty manger area. It actually was where they would feed the animals. They put him in that place where they feed the animals. This is the story of Jesus' birth. This is the story of Christmas that Mary and Joseph would go to Bethlehem and there's so many prophecies that are being fulfilled in this moment and Mary gives birth to Jesus. Now you think when Jesus is born that the people that are gonna find out about this are gonna be the powerful people in that city, in that area. But what we find in verses eight through 11 is that God chooses to announce the birth of his son, not to the powerful and the rich of the day, but to shepherds. Guys that were looked down on in society. Nobody grew up in that time and said, you know what I want to be someday? A shepherd. Like if I could just be a shepherd, that would be the pinnacle of my career. Nobody liked that. Why? Because they were outcasts. They stunk, right? They spent time with sheep. Nobody wanted to be around them. And yet, Jesus chose, God chose to introduce the birth of Jesus, to, to tell the Christmas story first to these guys called shepherds. Look at verses eight and nine. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And you say, yeah, I get it, right? If you're out taking care of sheep, and all of a sudden the sky is lit up with an angel, you would be freaking out as well. Look at verses 10 and 11, what this angel, we know to be Gabriel, says to the shepherds. And this is where we find the answers to the questions we're asking tonight. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So imagine in this moment, the shepherds are hearing this angel speak to them. Fear not, because I bring you good news. They've got to be thinking in their mind, what is the good news? What is this good news that they're talking about? Is, is somebody going to set up a powerful rule and reign and we're, we're going to be uh, promoted, right? We're going to not be shepherds anymore. What is he talking about when he says good news? Well, if you go to verse 11, you find the good news. That word for in verse 11 is the reason for the good news. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news of Christmas is that a Savior was born. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus was born. Now what's interesting is that he uses this term Savior. This Gabriel, this angel uses the term Savior. That word Savior literally means a rescuer or a deliverer. So he's saying the good news of Christmas is that a rescuer has come, a deliverer has come, a savior has come. This is the good news of Christmas. So if we ask the question, what is the good news of Christmas? It's that a savior was born, that Jesus was born. But then it leads us on our, destin on our, 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 our goal to get to our destination. It leads us to the next part of our journey, which is why does it bring great joy? Because if you look at the text, it says in verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now, here's the deal. God's blessed Ruth and I with four kids. And every one of my kids' birth, when I was in the hospital room and got to hold them that first time, it brought great joy to my heart to hold my kids. There's just something about that initial moment with your kids that just brings great joy. But if I'm honest with you, I don't feel that same joy when somebody in our church has a baby. Like, I'm happy for them. I'm glad for them that they're having babies. But I don't have this sense of great joy in my heart. So I wonder why that the angel would say Jesus' birth, different than any other birth, is going to bring great joy for all people. Why does it bring great joy? Well, here's the deal. If you don't know this, when you and I were born, we were born with a strained relationship with our Creator. When you and I were born, we were born with a broken relationship with God. David a man from the Old Testament times wrote a lot of the book of Psalms. He says this in Psalms 51.5, in sin did my mother conceive me. 
So what David is saying is that when you and I were born, we were born with a broken relationship with God. This is really bad news for us, actually. Because we were created for God. You and I, every person in this room, under the sound of my voice, every person watching online this hour, you were made for God. And when you and I were born, we were separated from God because of our sin. And here's what happens in our lives. Because we're born in sin, what we try to do in our lives is we try to earn our way back to a right relationship with God. How do we do that? Well, we do it through religion, right? Like thinking if we pray five times a day, we come to the Christmas Eve services, we, we read our Bible, we give, we, we help out the less fortunate than us. We do all of these things. We do religious things that somehow God's gonna be like, okay, you passed the test. You can be with me. You can be in a right relationship with me. But, but if we're honest with each other, come on, be honest with me. Religion always comes up short. Because we always fall short. There's always somebody that's more religious than we are. And so it doesn't really bring joy to our lives. And when that doesn't work, then we turn it on ourselves and it's like, well, then I'm just going to take care of myself, right? So I'm going to eat a certain way and work out. And I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to be the man and I can, I can do what I think I can do. And we, we sort of start living that way of a self-help but then we have that bad day that we eat sugar when we're not supposed to eat sugar. We skip leg day when we're supposed to do leg day. And all of a sudden, those things even don't bring joy to our lives. Then we begin to drown out the feelings that we have in our heart because we can't find joy in anything with money. Like if I could just have more money, then I'd have joy in my heart. If I could just be married, then I'd have joy. If I could just have kids, I'd have joy. If, if I could just be at this position in my job, I would have joy. And we're always constantly trying to get joy in our lives, but we keep coming up short. And the reason for that is because you can't earn joy. You can't earn a right relationship with God. It has to come from outside of us. It has to come from somebody who can rescue us from our sins. It has to come from somebody who can deliver us from Satan, the prince and the power of this earth. It has to come from somebody who is a savior. The good news becomes great joy because a savior has come. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection make a way for you to be right with your creator. He makes a way for you to be saved. The whole reason for Christmas the whole good news of the Christmas story that a Savior has come, it can bring great joy for you. And this joy, yes, it's an emotion. Joy is an emotion. There's a piece of that. But true joy that Jesus is talking about in this moment, that the angel is talking about, this is a joy that's a deep sense of satisfaction, of contentment, that I'm right with my Creator. 
that I'm right with God. This is why maybe if you're around a Christian and they get diagnosed with cancer or they know their days are numbered here on the earth or they go through a difficult time and you just see a difference about them, you know what it is? It's joy. Because joy is this deep sense of satisfaction and contentment that God's got it. I'm right with him and he is So what is the good news of Christmas? A Savior was born. Jesus was born. Why does it bring great joy? Because we needed a Savior. And the last turn before we get to our destination is this last question of how do I make it personal? What I love about this story of Jesus' birth is what the angels say to the the shepherds. Listen to what Gabriel says. Fear not, for behold, I bring, listen, you good news of great joy. He doesn't say, I bring to everybody beside you. I'm just letting you have some information, all right? But it's not really for you. He says, no, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for those who are powerful and wealthy and and have prestige and influence. Or... I bring good news of great joy for you, for all those who are poor and don't have very much. No, what does he say? I bring good news of great joy for all people. Guess who all people is? You're looking at them. I'm looking at them. And then he says this, for unto you, is born this day in the city of David. What he was wanting the shepherds to understand is that this was personal for them. This was not just information for them to know. This was gonna transform their lives. Jesus' birth was for them. And the same thing is true today. Jesus' birth was for you. The good news of Christmas becomes great joy for you because it was for you when it becomes personal. So how do I make it personal? First, you admit that you need a savior. For some of you in the room, this is the hardest part for you in this. We live in a culture that says you don't need help You just watch a few YouTube videos, right? Get a few apps on your phone, go to this place, do this, and you're good. But it's hard for us to admit that we need a savior, that we need to be rescued, that we need to be delivered. And the first step in making it personal is you gotta admit that you need a savior. Here's here's how Paul puts it in Romans 3.10. He says, for there is none righteous, No, not one. Let me give you some good news. You're in a room full of unrighteous people. So the first step is we just got to admit that. And we got to say, we need a savior. I need a savior. The second step along this journey is you have to repent by turning from yourself and sin and turning to Jesus. Now, We hear the word repent, and what do you think of? You probably think of a guy standing on a corner with a megaphone yelling, repent or go to hell, right? 
That's typically what we think of when we think of the word repent. But can I tell you this? Repentance is actually a beautiful word. Because what repentance means is I am turning from the guilt of my sin. I am turning from the, the, the lack of joy that comes from focusing on myself. And I am turning to the Savior. I am turning to the one who can give me true joy. I am turning, turning to the one who can give me true life. And so you've got to admit that you need a savior and then turn from looking at your sin and yourself and turn and look to the savior who has come for you. Then believe, believe that Jesus is your savior. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know what that word saved means? Rescued, delivered. And Jesus is our savior and our deliverer and our rescuer. And tonight, you, right where you're sitting, can believe that Jesus came for you. To trust that's what believing is. Then the last step is admit, repent, believe. And the last step before we get to our destination is receive. John 1.12 says this, to all who receive me, Jesus, and believe in him, he gives the right to become children of God. Here's what John is saying. To receive Jesus is you have to make it personal for you. Here's the reality. Your mom and dad can't do this for you. Your grandpa and grandma who invited you tonight and the only reason you're here tonight is because they asked you to come can't do this for you. You have to receive Jesus as your savior for yourself. So you've got to admit that you need a savior. Turn from your sin and self and turn to Jesus. Believe that Jesus is your Savior and receive him for yourself. Take him for yourself. Then the good news of Christmas will become great joy for you because it will be personal. Let, let me end tonight by giving you this sort of hypothetical or uh, an illustration for you to maybe see it a little bit better. Let's pretend tonight that I've talked to our deacons and our staff and tonight, surprise, we're gonna give away a million dollars. Everybody in the room and watching online, you would watch online, you would get your rear ends here, right? Because they're like, they're giving away a million dollars. That's good news. Unless you're a Grinch in the room tonight, you wouldn't be like, hey, that's not good news, right? You'd be like, that'd be awesome. Anybody would say, it'd be awesome to get a million dollars. It's good news. And here's what I say, would say, I would say, all right, here's how we're gonna give it away tonight. Underneath every one of your seats, there's a number. So everybody reach under and pull out your number. They bring a hat out and I reach in the hat and I'm gonna start calling out the number. And you look at your number and I start with five, that's your number. Four, that's your number. Three, that's your number. Two, that's your number. I got one more number to go and you're sort of scooting a little bit up in your seat because tonight you have the opportunity to walk out of this room with a million dollars. 
this is good news, but you're right on the edge of that. And then I call out the last number, one, and it's your number. And you jump out of your seat and you're like, yes, this is incredible. What happened in that moment? Good news became great joy because it became personal. It wasn't a million dollars just for somebody. It was a million dollars for you. I got better news than that tonight. The good news of Christmas becomes great joy for you when it becomes personal. Your number is being called tonight. And it's way better than a million dollars. It's an eternity in heaven with God. Your relationship restored. And it not only changes your eternal destiny, it changes your life today. It changes how you see life. And here's the deal. I don't want you to go through another Christmas thinking, that's good news for them at Antioch. I want you to come next Christmas and know this moment was that moment for you when it became personal. You see, when I said the destination of our sermon tonight is the good news becomes great joy for you when it becomes personal, there were people in this room that were like, I've been there. I've experienced that. For me, I experienced that on August the 8th, 1993, and I can picture 3501 Mound View Drive, Topeka, Kansas. My mom and dad who are watching this service right now in Topeka, Kansas, I can picture my dad opening his Bible on that couch and leading me to the Lord. And for the first time, the good news of Christmas became great joy for me because it was personal. And that can be your story tonight. December the 24th, 2023 can be that moment when what was declared 2,000 years ago becomes true of you. The good news of great joy for all people is for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Tonight, I'm not gonna ask you to respond by raising your hand or looking at me or standing or coming forward. Here's what I would really challenge you tonight to think about. If tonight is that night for you when it becomes personal, when it's not just some good story that we talk about once a year, but it, this is life transforming, then on that connection card that I mentioned at the beginning of the service, there's a place that says becoming a Christian. And tonight, if you've made the decision to become a Christian, to make the good news of Christmas personal for you, then I would love to invite you to mark that for us. And when you leave, drop it in the basket. So after New Year's, I promise I won't contact you tomorrow on Christmas Day. But after the New Year, I can come and reach out to you and we can sit down and talk about the decision that you have made tonight or the decision that you're thinking through because you know there's something in your life that you need that you haven't found. And I guarantee you, Jesus is the one that you're missing. So tonight, if you would make that decision, mark it on your connection card. Father, thank you for the good news of Christmas, becoming great joy 
when we make it personal. I'm grateful that on that Christmas night when Jesus was born, that the first guys you chose to declare your birth to was some shepherds, outcasts of society, people that had no power, no influence. But you said to them, through Gabriel, I bring you good news of great joy for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And today that same story is true in this room, that the good news of great joy is available for each person in this room and joining us online. And I pray, Lord, tonight that those that have heard this message, that they would respond by faith in you. They would admit that they need a Savior, turn from sin and self to you, and believe that you are their Savior and receive you for themselves. You would transform their heart and their life. They would know the good news of Christmas. For those of us that know it, I pray that you would renew our joy. That as Romans said, that you would continue to fill us with joy, that it would overflow in our life, that deep sense of rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.